Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck, CEO of the Deerdeck Machine, a one-of-a-kind venture creation studio where we manufacture amazing companies using our machine method process. This show is really just all about our passion for creating businesses with do or die entrepreneurs and really sharing all the lessons that we have learned along the way. Our guest today is the one and only Taylor Shoup. Taylor is one of the most dynamic entrepreneurs I have ever met in my life. The only entrepreneur I know with a true passion for manufacturing and supply chain. Together, we built the brand in Stitches and, and recently launched Busaki and created the world's very first sock card. Taylor Shoup, why ying lai dao, build with Rob Tiamu. Was that, was that your attempt at Chinese? with Rob Did it work? I understood the first two words. What did it sound like? It sounded like Vietnamese, not Mandarin. But I got it. Got okay, a, what did a it sound like I said? It sounded like you said, welcome to come here to my show. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Welcome to Build with Rob, the show. Thank you. Man, it felt like... I've been waiting for this for a long time. You know how hard I had to prep to get my Mandarin in order? Your tones were exquisite. Yeah. See, I don't even know what the tone's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because you speak entire... You you can live your whole life 93%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where did that originally come from? I was a flower delivery boy in high school. It's the only job I ever had. I'd never worked for anybody besides being a flower delivery boy, which by the way, that I'm, I'm going back to that. Yeah. There's, there's, there's absolutely, um, nothing wrong with being a flower delivery boy. It's about, it's about the best <laughs> job you could have besides the Walmart greeter. Oh, I, I mean, neck and neck. Okay. First of all, nobody judged you, but you for delivering flowers. Yeah, you know? I know. I'm a little insecure. Uh, Fred Yang high school decided I'm going to learn Mandarin. Okay. At 16, I was like, I want to I want to create an international business. I want to create a bridge between the East and the West. I want to build factories. So it was really that? You didn't do it? That was just a personal, I'm just going to learn it, just yeah. to learn it? No yeah. no real reason other than you knew him? No, no. And then I served a mission in okay. Taiwan. And that's where I learned how to read and write. And then I majored in it. The CIA tried to draft me. They paid for my uh, extracurricular Educational okay, activities. Okay, so at one point the CIA recru- recruited you. They tried to yeah. be on the inside of China. Yeah, yeah. But you passed. I passed. Damn, I'm not look, man. Look, man. I'm I, look. I've never like looked into a man's eyes and thought for a split second I'm looking at a spy. I'm like, wait a minute. Do you believe it now? Is it this just some deep, deep undercover yeah. work that's finally made its way all the way to build with Rob? Yeah. Okay. Look, let's take it back uh, to 2009. Mm-hmm. I want to apologize for calling you a China hustler. Okay. <laughs> so, so what happened? What happened that I called you a China hustler in 2009? Um, well, listen, I probably would have done the same thing, but just in a way more polite way. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it was peak Rob, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I showed up at the Fantasy Factory. I was with Ryan, uh, Randy Sheckler, Ryan's ah, dad. Yeah. We were working together. Yeah. Uh, this was my second business. And we had a company in China. We had a company here. We were building brands for people. And I want to talk to you about Street League, right? I wanted to create uh, like products for Street League. Okay. And I showed up and, uh, and we had just finished our first seed round with Stance. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, hey, yeah, you, you know, I was trying to BRT, build a relationship of trust, okay. right? So I'm trying to establish my authority. Say it again. Call, B- BR, BRT. I was following the commitment pattern. Okay. That's no, how it's, we get people into the baptismal font. Oh, it is. It is. Okay. So BRT is like a real thing. It's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So good. totally. So I'm trying to say, Hey, we have common interests. We have common friends. So I said, Hey, I know Ryan Kingman. He's one of my co-founders of Stance. Uh, and I know Jay Brown and Rock Nation. Mm. And it was like, I don't give a fuck about Rock Nation. You come in here name dropping. Okay. Talking about Rock Nation. <laughs> okay. First of all. <laughs> First of all, first of all, uh, there's no way I would say that. And second of all, I did not say, what in tarnation? Don't be coming up in here talking about Jay-Z to me. 
<laughs> as if the fantasy factory was still in Ohio. In that first moment, I knew you were from Ohio. <laughs> <That correct>? oh, <laughs> man. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I, all I could do was smile and laugh because quite frankly, I don't like a name dropper. Yeah. That's and, not, and what was what was the name of that company? Blacksmith. 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 And what were you pitching? Like cell phone cases? <sighs> What were you pitching? No, dude, that, you're, you're making me sound so small. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should let you just tell me. Designers, I, I should like just let you tell me. I was building product. I was building yeah. product for people. You know, I was building product for brands, the Billabong brands, Nixon and Ruka, and you know, the entire action sports community. I was building product for them. And then, but what were you pitching us at that time? I wanted to build product for Street League. But I wanted was, to do like a full collection. Yeah. Right. I wanted to merchandise. I wanted to develop it. I wanted to produce it. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'm gonna say it right now. For as much respect and admiration I has have. have as you as an entrepreneur and a man okay i regret not getting to know you better back then you know what i mean i don't know what i don't whatever my flow was whatever my life was about back then it saddens me that it would be like 10 years before we really well probably like seven or eight years later before we really became friends and i understood the power and the genius that is taylor shoot um i think it was like four years and 332 days later we're no. really good friends no it was because think about it it was really 2000 no no it was when we so we were driving we when we went out to montremblanc that's yeah, where it became so it really tight four years later yeah dude god we've known yeah. each other for a long time and, now what but i feel i accept the apology and i appreciate yeah. it and now that we're vulnerable uh i'd like to also apologize Okay, yeah. So you're, <laughs> it's very, very hard to out alpha you. It is. Yeah. Uh, and I relish it and I okay. like want to compete, but then you don't want to compete with me. And it's very, it is very frustrating. Yeah, but you're like, it doesn't compete. Let's I know. put a measure well, to but, it. I'm like, whatever. Let's I, just give yeah, it a but shot. You, I know. But go ahead. I know. You, and that's, what'd you get me on? Well, we're at, we're at the Bellagio. We're with our wives. Mm-hmm. We went to go uh, to gamble in Vegas, that's right. which we're both very bad at. <laughs> It was. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. You do it. You do it just to spend the money. Yeah. You run out and then you're done. Yeah. We fought hard though. We did. You went later than me. Yeah. Um. And we got to the elevator, and I stepped up to the VIP elevator, mm-hmm. and you wanted to come with me. Of course, we we're hanging out all night. It's like two a.m. Mm-hmm. But then we, re- <laughs> <laughs> then we realized that the VIP elevator only went to my floor and not your floor. Wow. And I, I started laughing you really did. hard. You did. And I could tell at that moment there was a sort of maybe an anger or maybe yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. F you, t shoop Look, I, I should be, you shouldn't even be there. Look, and I agree. Look, like, look, I agree. I fought hard you, for that. I, I spent a lot of money VIP. to get a fee. <laughs> I am, where's my private elevator? Where's my private elevator? <laughs> and so I didn't even get a word out. I just started yeah. laughing. And then you just turned around and went straight to the elevator. And honestly, I felt regret yeah. Yeah. for laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, and the next day you didn't mention it. It was super cool. I felt like you forgave me. It We're did. still tight. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. And look, and 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 as you can expect, I I I don't remember it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you may not you may so been, I may not even have heard so the laugh. Selective. I might have just even moved on, not even hearing the laugh. You know. Okay, well look, let's let's, you know, a little trip down memory lane sure. to kind of uh, evolve to where we are today. Today we right. are partners in an incredible company called yeah. In Stitches. Yeah. Now uh, I feel lucky to be partners with you. Thank you. Um, you too. are really one of the most incredible entrepreneurs I've uh, ever met. I think, you know, I think one of the most, the things, when I know I respect somebody on a level that's hard to to fully articulate, it's when I just don't understand how they actually have the time to do everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about like the level of stuff that you have done and what you do, I always think to myself, how could he possibly have time to even do any of this stuff, right? Yet you're doing all of it while like going on like a trip and being with the kids and the fam. Like it's, I, I am in awe of your ability to execute and what you have done. And, I, you. and I would love, before we jump into sort of what led to uh, creating and stitches and and ultimately the shareable sock experience that it is and it's sort of evolution since we launched a company together two experienced entrepreneurs getting together one with a system the other with a let's just get to market now we can get to market now now uh, uh, hold on should we try to we're here we're here do you want to get in are we going are we going let's go that's basically the process yeah I've never met somebody that has such deep passion for manufacturing and supply chain. Mm. I've just never someone that understands it so deeply that loves it and mm. is is 
getting better and better and more optimized and building their legacy around basically learning all things to do with with manufacturing and, and supply chain and your company that you created future stitch i'd like can you just explain the vision for it and exactly uh what it is and what you did to bring it to life so i guess uh well first off man Thank you for having me here. I've been wanting to go. I come here for a long time. You canceled on me once. <laughs> and for, I was for like the getting prepped. I was getting I was getting prepped and ready because I get nervous. I don't do I don't do podcasts. Yeah. Um well, plus I'm sorry you're my I bro. Canceled. You're one of my best bros. I'm sorry I canceled last time. Thanks. <laughs> We're getting so raw. This is the raw this is the raw. This is sick. Okay, so um one of the the objectives I have, I hope I hope you don't mind, but like I I want to make entrepreneurship relatable, right? You're you're very science driven, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm more art driven, uh, and I think there's like a balance, right? I've met amazing operators who are all science. I've met amazing artistic entrepreneurs who are all art, and so my hope in all this is like I can make it very, you know, approachable. Anybody could do it. Guy like me, average IQ. Okay, you have an IQ. I mean, only like one point higher than Chanel, right? So equal to Chanel. Equal. You know what I mean? Which is, I'm on the bottom. Okay. No. Let's be real here. Let's be real here. You look, you don't, hey, and if you're any lower than me, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have been able to pull off future stitch, you know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't have you're, done that. You're, what, <laughs> you're one of the smartest guys I know, right? So I, I want to make this relatable in that, like, I mean, IQ, does that really fully matter, right? EQ, we know that's important. Yeah. I think that drive and determination is even more important. You have it even more than me, and I'm in admiration over how you're relentless. And I want to ask you questions about that because I want to understand it. I mean, I love asking you questions because um, you've done tremendous things in life, and that's what made me nervous the first time I met you and nervous now, right? Because it's like, hey, it's not celebrity, but it's like I look at like world records and I systematically conquer these things. Like I, I have a method, right? And you have a method to business now. I like to think long-term. I like to think strategically. But where I get the most energy is through this act of taking on risk and, uh, and offering myself. The, the thing about entrepreneurship, man, it's just like there's this purity to like offering yourself as a sacrifice where you're like, I'm going to do something where I'm not going to make nearly as much money as I would make, you know, working for the man. I'm not going to sleep as much. Uh, I'm probably going to lose my hair, or at least get an exceedingly <laughs> deep receding hairline. <laughs> yeah, you look. Hey, you've got a solid hairline right now. You Thanks, know what bro. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Is there going to be video? It's because I'm on It's because I'm on Propecia. <laughs> but let me ask you this though, right? Your your ideas are so big, they're they're not even like practical to like. But but I'm but I've done them. But like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying it's because of me and my like. And, and, and my intellect, right? Yeah. I have amazing people that I work with, but I feel like the bigger the idea, right? I feel like the more the universe is actually going to like help you solve it as weird and like, I don't know, abstract as that sounds. Yeah. Growing up, I was always an entrepreneur, right? I was like, you know, instead of like asking for a skateboard for Christmas, I'd be like, hey, mom, buy me uh, a snow cone maker or a cotton candy maker or uh, a lemonade stand or a rock tumbler. All of those were real Christmas gifts and I would sell them. And I was building this community empire off of the allowances of my friends. You know, that was my, that was my shtick. So back to your original question around supply chain, it came down to like control. And honestly, my first element of wanting to own my supply chain was when I was selling mistletoe at 12 years old. And I would climb into my neighbor's yards because that's a parasite, right? So I'd convince my neighbors, let me go up into your oak trees, cut the mistletoe uh, because it's killing your oak tree. But then I would go and monetize it and I would sell it to them and to everybody else. Right. And, and then some, some girl, Tracy Mays, mm, and there she, she got Mays. into my supply. She started, cause these, I didn't own that supply chain. She needed those kisses. Yes. Yeah. And she, when she needed the money and she yeah. started going around and go, charging 50 cents less. And I was like, mm. F smart. F Tracy, that, man. Tracy knew. My, Tracy knew. So what did I do? I climbed up into the trees and I cut down all that mistletoe. As savage as that sounds, I cut it all and I, and I sold it as I went, but I, but then I ran out of my own supply. Mm. And I realized that like that source, right? That feedstock is a very critical variable for control. Plus, if you own that, it unlocks so many opportunities downstream. I like scaling upstream rather than downstream, which is why we're building a recycling plant here, right? Which is why we have a joint venture in, in Turkey. We have the, the factory in China, which is, you know, um, number one, most uh, highly 
uh, accredited factory in the world. Okay, look, you by just environmental jumped, protection. Listen to me. You just jumped from let me take you back to Tracy back in like '94, and you just jumped us all the way to 2024. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's so. How does someone even build their own factory, right? Mm. Because you really, if you went from blacksmith to then doing stance mm. and then mm. being like, I'm going to, I I need to, to really, I feel pinned not being able to do something bigger than you chose to do future stitch. What led you to be like, I'm going to build my own factory. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to go back again, right? So I never really worked for anybody outside of Fred being the flower delivery boy. I come back from Taiwan. I'm like, I finally realized that like the key to success is not working for money, but it's making money work for you. You know, Guy Kawasaki sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I want to create a business that will run whether I'm not, I'm there, make money in my sleep, right? So that's when I started. That's when I became a true doer dyer. Yeah. Emphasis on the dyer. Started ISIS. Okay, founder of ISIS. Just say it again. It just made uh, me laugh I, so I hard. I have the trademarks. Who's like, interested? Anybody, <laughs> do you want to legitimize so, yourself? Yeah. I'll take a million okay, from Saudi. Please, just I'm say, just kidding. I have more self-worth than this, that. Listen, your first company. What was ISIS again? Uh, so ISIS was started in Happy Valley, Utah. <laughs> Uh, and so it was uh, computer cases, accessories, okay. right? This is where yeah. like, this is before Danny Way got into in-case, that yeah, stuff, but yeah. there was nothing cool, yeah. right? But like Steve Jobs, Jobs had come back into Apple. iPhone wasn't out yet, but I was like, all these kids are carrying around these these beautiful MacBooks. They're getting them damaged. I'm going to make rad action sports inspired laptop cases, backpacks and whatnot. Yeah. And so that was my first thing. And, and, um, and how I monetize it is somewhat interesting. So I was in the jean trade for some time. I really built my sort of business off of sex drugs and counterfeit jeans, which is why I can't get global entry, <laughs> which sucks. I regret it. What, like, because of you were... Counterfeit in- jeans. Man. But I was... Here's the thing. Maybe I, think, I was right with the China <laughs> hustler. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> my instincts were actually right. You're like recovered. Wow. You saw me as Man. I truly was, which is what... That, that was the beginning of the bond that we, we created, right? Yeah. There was an element of transparency from the very beginning. And I'm a man who loves transparency. Okay. And uh, and I love you. And not to digress, <laughs> but have you ever told a man that you love him that's not a family member? I believe I have many times. Because I've said it to you three times. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've never responded. never responded. We know each other for a decade. We travel together. We share secrets. You're not bad, bro. You're not, <laughs> hey, you're not bad yourself, bro. I'm, just, I'm too alpha, bro. I'm too, <laughs> that's why I really didn't get embarrassed. Love you, bro. You're good. You're good. Oh, man. So look. I'll tell you. So look. Uh, <laughs> leading towards building your very own manufacturing facility. Okay, we're back on track. Yeah. So so ISIS became a $2 million company in college. I got an offer to sell it. I didn't take it. Then my largest distribution channel started shutting down, like one after the other, with the biggest one, Circuit City, shutting down. And at the same time, I saw the writing on the wall. And I, and I always... Doing business is an evolution. And let me emphasize, guys, that like... Anybody can do this. I really believe it. Entrepreneurship is the most pure craft on the planet. It's the most beautiful thing you can do. It's like the art of creation, right? And I really believe the universe has your back. I used to think you're fighting the universe. The universe is like entropy and destruction. And the entrepreneur is the only person that can really change all that. But now I truly believe you set a goal. You set your mind to it. Like for whatever reason, you get these tailwinds and it just happens no matter what it is. But it's don't you diff- believe it? You have to have a clear goal to get those tailwinds. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And my goals have progressed. I have never been that like episodic, you know, uh, entrepreneur who's like focusing on this big, massive problem until right now. It took a lot of time to like build up that confidence. And, and I think that's okay. Start with laptop cases, $300 a day on eBay, you know, but as a college student, that was great. Yeah. So sold my Audi. I'd purchased an Audi from the gene trade. You know, I, I was like, I got no money. I got to fund my first order. I brought a U-Haul to the port in Long Beach, took all my products back. All the stuff can be solved. Super easy. I'm a 21 year old kid. Yeah. And then I realized like I had no money to actually even ship this stuff. And I was sitting on a ton of inventory and I had some defects, product issues. And I was like, gosh, I wish I was in control of those things. Right. So what I did was I realized there was a secondary market for vehicles uh, outside of Utah that had a huge amount of arbitrage because Utah secondary market sucks because all the salt on the road. They want to buy cars from like Nevada, Arizona, Florida, South Carolina, right? So I was like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell my Audi. 
I'm going to fund my website and a few other things. I'm going to buy a Corolla in South Carolina. Basically, a Corolla that was, it was an EX, had leather. Uh, and I pre-sold it uh, in Utah for $2,000 more. And then for two weeks, I went up and down the United States selling my laptop cases, sold it for the 2000 more, which paid for my entire trip. I mean, I'm staying at like rat infested motels, right? But I made 25,000 from that trip in 10 days. Okay. But and then how did do you learn that? Again, how again. do you learn that though? Did you just set out and know like, Hey, I got to do one at, one at a time and move all these. Like what was in you that said, Hey, here's all these opportunity to find this arbitrage and then go across the country and make this sale. This is how I'm going to make this. Money. It was this drive for people. Like as I'm laying it all out for people to accept me. And that's why I keep going back to this craft of entrepreneurship, the purity yeah. there we offer yourself. I wanted, I wanted validation from a customer on the basis of this idea that I had, which is I want to protect electronics with the most high fashion, coolest, you know, products I possibly can that are highly functional, that have advanced aerospace materials. And I'm going to sell on every college campus because I think that other students are like me building products for myself that I think are amazing and they're going to buy it too. And they did. And that became a $2 million enterprise in, in college. And I got a, a multi-million dollar offer and I said, no, Circuit City goes down. I'm like, I'm screwed. Yeah. Like, what do I do at this point? But did you regret it? Like never, dude, you, I never, yeah. I've never regretted any of it. I but, remember, but I'm saying like, do you wish you would have sold it? No. No, because you loved no. it. You thought well, you were going to build it into a I giant business. I so much, man. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. Like the, what I went through, I remember sobbing on my kitchen floor next to my wife. I'm not staying at my parents' house who were charging me rent, by the way. And I was sobbing and I'm like, I, I don't even know how to pay rent to RQ and Susan. You know, <laughs> and we got credit cards and I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, it's all on you. And she was a receptionist at a law firm. Yeah. And, uh, and I just felt like less than, you know, debased. And I've had a few of those in my life, but that's what allowed me to build character. And that's what has become a driving force. And what I've been able to accomplish long-term is those, yep. that depth of that, like that sorrow, you know, and sadness. And, and, and I know people don't want to set themselves up for that, but just like coming on here, I'm like, Hey, the nervousness that, that, that I was feeling, cause I want to be, I want to do what my friend like is going to, going to help him with this podcast more than anything yeah. else, you know, yeah, because, yeah. because I care about us. Uh, I love you. Hey, let's <laughs> do it. I'm not shaking. I love you. <laughs> I was really hoping for hey, that moment I love on you this too, podcast, man. man. That's for everybody to hear. Hey, bro, you're not bad. You're not bad. <laughs> you are accepted. Thank you. You are a part of my wow. family. Wow. You are my brother. You just filled a hole in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, long and short of it was uh, I decided I got to change my business model. And I'm like, I don't want to take on all this inventory. Rest. I had $250,000 in inventory. I owed money to creditors. I paid every single one of them back. Because they're friend, families, and fools, which, by the way, I recommend steering away from the three Fs. They just don't do it. Look for strategics. Look for which people is, who can which help. Is, which is what, again, when you're starting a business? Starting a business. Friends, family, fools. Yeah. You just don't But the problem is, 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 I think when you, a lot of times you have no other options but friends, family, or fools. And the problem is, is you don't know any better and... Uh, family's the only person that would like take the risk for you. Friends are the only people you trust and the fools fold you because you don't have the knowledge to know that they're fools yet. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's actually the trickiest part. Like, it is, you should stay away from them, but you almost have to like get burned by them to know that you need to stay away from them in the future. Sure, but know? like this is why I find what you're doing so admirable because you're an investor who goes in at seed stage, yeah. right? You assess, you have a criteria of assessment. That's very methodical, which I totally respect, but you're helping young entrepreneurs get their start. And you have your fund, your charity fund, which is something I aspire to do because young entrepreneurs like need a mentor. They need somebody who's done it, right? To, to help them along that journey. It, it, the odds of success go up exponentially when they take money from a strategic investor like yourself who actually knows the process. But, but keep in mind, I even, it's hard for me to even invest in a first-time entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? Because I, even as an advisor, like I can't 
you, it, there's too many layers that someone doing a company for the very first time. That's why the the greatest advice to anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, go do it. Yeah. Right. I hate this idea yeah. of like, oh, this day and age, everybody's an entrepreneur like this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care if you if you make something and sell it, you're an entrepreneur. I don't care if it's one thing. And the only way you can begin to begin the depth of field that you need to do to find success is to do it. Right. So even even our system and our way of approaching still only works when it's a a seasoned like well-developed mm-hmm. entrepreneur mind mm-hmm. otherwise they, they don't even understand half the process in the first place mm. you know yeah and i think statistically you're right too i think the second or the third yeah is where they you know have the highest opportunity and probability even, of success and what do we call it magnum <clears throat> opus Mm. Right. Like this is all of their experience and and knowledge has led to this being their one big idea. And to me, that tends to be, you know, guys that are in in different people, girls that are in 35 to 45 range, you know, because even with all your experience. At 38 years old, I still look at you as like, man, he's just getting started. Mm. Like I know, I I know how much I grew between 38 and 46, probably a hundred times. Because as you get more and more experience, your growth rate, like the expansion of the universe, Mm. goes faster and faster, wider and wider. Right. So, like, what took 10 years to learn before is three years, Mm -hmm. and then two years. Like you, there's your pace. I agree. and, And to me. And I, and I want to get to it. I just want to like, like jump to it so we can jump into sort of like how we ended up creating a company together. Do we but, really only have one hour? Yeah. Okay. Not even that. 45 minutes. Man, what do you do? But as long as you need, as long as you get them okay. out twice. Nice, nice. Uh, but, but again, you know, going back to wanting that control and, and really wanting to build something from, from the supply chain out, which is super rare for most people. Most mm-hmm. people are like, give me a co-packer, a resource, a factory that I can buy from to like, like use whatever they make and then let me go make my brand or business based off of their capabilities right. rather than creating your capabilities forward. Totally. You know? hundred uh, percent. And so th- what I discovered were like, was the, the best product company were the best product companies. And their method to creating product first started with that consumer, empathizing with the consumer, not the customer, the actual end wearer. And then they built it all the way back into the staple. Not the, not the fabric you're getting from the fabric market, not the yarn that you're getting from the spinner, but the actual extruder. The best product companies went there. And it dawned on me when I was in 2010, when I was in uh, an iPhone factory in China and I asked all the engineers to put their cell phones on a table because, I, because they were making BlackBerry, right? They were making Samsung. They were making everyone. And I'm like, which phones do you guys use and why? I'm so curious. And all of them pulled out Apple iPhones. Yeah. And I was like, why? And they're like, because every single raw material is carefully specified. They own it from the source all the way through. The tolerances are the tightest. It is the hardest product to make. Now that bingo, that's what I want to do. I want to own it all the way back to the source so I could be able to create the best product on the planet. Plus, when I go from you know a $50 million iPhone case business or laptop case business you know, to the textile industry, which is $11 trillion industry, there's, there is absolute, like there's, 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 there's no greater scale than going upstream into the raw materials. And I want to affect everything every product that every textile that people wear, you know, and, but, but the middle portion, which let me touch on real, real quickly, if you don't mind, cause I want to get to in stitches, of course, yeah. like the sock card and how fun that is, <laughs> but entrepreneurship, man, you know, it's no, so no, fun. I, I, like, like it's so fun. Yeah, no, I, I, but I, but I think uh, why I, I don't mind. And I love hearing the story because I know you can, can sit here and talk about, uh, average IQ, the, what you're talking about and what you've executed is, is, at such a grand and like extraordinary scale, but you, it seems so simple to you. That's, that's the difference. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that you talk about it makes me feel like, Oh God, like 
it's so true. Like if you could own, like if you, from the very bottom all the way up, it's quality. It's like innovation. Yes. It's like, and then if you, and it really is to me, that is the science side, mm. right? Like the, it's, it's the art and science of actual creation, the creation side, but you're, then you, you dump back in to yeah. art and science again on the brand totally. side, but all of that positions you to get lucky and feel the magic side, right? Like by having the entire setup of it, you right. know? And and, and and I just I just love I love the idea of being able to see that because I could never really fully see that I, I still don't fully see it when you hear it it seems obvious to me mm. but seeing it and then acting on it mm. and building you know a two hundred thousand square foot facility mm-hmm. three hundred yeah. <laughs> <laughs> square foot facility Sorry. in China how does one take the leap and do something like that okay so. So, socks, right? The very end of Blacksmith, I was looking at, like, what other industry can I try to disrupt? I did this, like, art and science combination. I felt like it worked, right? This is a good formula. Let's try to do something else with a bigger category that had more commoditization. And we, me and my co-founders, Jeff Curl, amazing guy, told you he wasn't going to mention him, but I want to give him a shout out. <laughs> I love him. We looked at about a hundred different categories. And we assessed it on the base, very methodically, by the way, basis of like total addressable market, right? Uh, e-commerce friendly, high skew productivity, gross margins, um, you know, a flywheel, how often people buy this, like how many they buy, right? And, uh, and we came up, like we, we narrowed it down, narrowed it down to, to five. And it was like mid-price jewelry, luggage, like think away, sunscreen, school supplies, and socks. And, and some of those opportunities have actually already been exploited and people made a ton of money off of those things. But for us, socks was the dead ringer. We were like, but it was a hypothesis. We didn't know if people were going to buy premium socks. And, yeah, we, and look, these things are premium. Yeah. And, and look, even at that time, you know, I always say how, like, when I saw the stance, uh, socks seemed silly to me. Yeah. And then the actual stance deck, like, revolutionized my way of, of thinking as, a, as looking at categories and business and white space and opportunities and margin and premium. Like, mm. it, it had it all. And it was, a, it was just a hypothesis. It right? was. Because at that point, people just didn't care about socks Mm -mm. right like it was it was all white and gray socks and Mm -hmm. all your major retailers and then in the boutique it was like yeah maybe somebody would make they were total afterthoughts so it the in the one thing is like maybe maybe socks can become like Mm -hmm. the the headphones the sneakers and but it was like I don't know Mm -hmm. right and lo and behold Mm -hmm. boy did it ever Mm -hmm. you know I think relying strictly on market data is a problem. Yep. I don't think entrepreneurs should become should be so data centric at the beginning. And I know that flies in the face of science. But like I'll tell you, my buddy who started Skull Candy and sold it. Yep. MPD told him, "Hey, don't go after that $250 market." Yeah. It does there's nothing there. It just doesn't exist. You'd have to spend so much money to convince consumers that it should exist. Yep. And then lo and behold, Beats exploits it, becomes a much more valuable company. Then Skull Candy and Skull Candy, they were they made a product for that. Yeah. They just decided not to push it. Yeah, but they also were in there in the right timing. But you know, look, I I as someone that loves, I like you know, we're doing a, a new brand um, that's a water filter showerhead beauty brand, yeah. right? And mm. when you look at the. 95 page immersion that we do to look at the market before we even and look at it, there's a million reasons why we shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. but it is in the sense of like the way that that data says, the data says here, oh, no, that pricing strategy, that's all out here. And so, but the gut is nope, nobody's ever really attacked how important like filtering your shower water is for your skin and hair. Mm. No one's actually attacked it. Now, the difference is, the hypothesis is now the same. You can go and disrupt it, but you have to make the market, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Stance did. They mm-hmm. made we the did. market, we right? And and so, like, data is still, and, and deep insights are only, they're still intuitive. Mm. You still got to take the gut shot yes. and, like, you know, but it's, it's it, you should be able to look at it and know why it won't work mm-hmm. based off that data, but that should never per, like stop you from doing it. You just have more insight of the challenge mm-hmm. that you have ahead because nobody, 
you know, I believed in the st- like stance when I saw it laid out in a deck and it was just as I was maturing enough to where luckily, thank God, it made sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. But it really did. It then, man, it took the socks now, making them cool, put them, merchandised them. Now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this thing, this sort of capture. Compa- now it, they're selling themselves, right? right? Nobody even cared that they were fourteen dollars mm-hmm. when their normal sock is like, you know, in a pack for like two dollars. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, like nobody even cared, and it really, really mattered. Which I, which to me, it was another uh, beautiful sort of proof of like when pure white space you do have to make the market beats had to make the market mm-hmm. right and skull candy got to, to live on that yep. because they they you would have said in that three billion dollar market cap there's no room left sony and bose mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. got it there ain't no this thing ain't growing there's nowhere to go and then they just basically made an entirely new market for it you yep. know what i mean yep yep and i believe in market creation i believe in 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 targeting white space yeah. Um, white space is nice because you're not trading dollars yeah. with anybody else. So uh, it's non-competitive. And that was our original sales pitch with Stance. We're like, hey, give us four square feet and we'll be able to increase your gross revenues by 3,500 bucks a month. Yeah. Guaranteed. And it was just like, boom, 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 boom. But it's also the experience to go to a retailer and say, here's an opportunity. Like, you have to have the experience to know how valuable foot space is to mm, a retailer. Sure, right. Sure. And it's like, it's like most people just think, like, here's my cool idea. What are you, friends with Jay Z? <laughs> 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 like, my cool idea. Like, do you want to put it in your store? Right. When really it's like you have to, like, there's like when you can say, hey, this isn't in here, like mm. four feet could, be, could create an entirely new revenue stream for you, is an experienced person's way, experienced totally. entrepreneur's way of looking at it. Fair. I don't disagree. The fact of the matter is by 2017, Stance had become the most valuable sock brand on the planet. Right after our Series D, uh, putting putting above four hundred million dollars in valuation, and I love this brand. Right, it's my baby. But at that point, I felt like, all right, it's time for the next market to disrupt. You know, so I decided to exit, and where I wanted to go was supply chain because there was no like area of industry that was more archaic, more backward than supply chain. Plus, I wanted like to go to a place that felt nice. I didn't want to have a factory that felt like you know, some ramshackle, you know, ceilings falling from the top, poor insulation, mold on the wall sort of factories. That wasn't my thing. And, and, and but I, hypo- I did a bunch of studies. I did, do, I did get very scientific. I wanted to figure out, okay, what were my, my variables that were associated directly to my productivity? And the number one was retention. Quite frankly, I needed people to stay there. And, you know, the average retention was yeah, a little bit more than a year and that was it. But are we talking employees? Employees. Or... or, or- Employees. Employees. I needed because this, to to be able to to learn these machines. I mean, socks as basic as this product seems to be, it's actually as close to rocket science as any textile manufacturing is. Yep. There are more moving parts on these Italian machines than it. Because than ultimately, Airline. because of the stitch stitching the or the woven aspect of it no, no it's not a woven no no it's so so, <laughs> <laughs> that's so oh up. man it's a knit dude it's oh, a knit man. because oh, here, let man. me tell you let me tell you let Dang. me tell you i, I know nobody man. listen nobody knows this okay yeah. so yeah uh i don't mean to put you on the spot here but people think knit and weaves are the same thing weaves are bad weaves are bad for the environment they're super wasteful okay they're knits are the future they expand they contract there's a there's a liveliness to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you see what I'm doing right here? Yeah, it's a man There's that's this. passionate <laughs> about wovens. I mean... <laughs> Uh, uh, passionate. So mean. I knew, uh, I know passionate man. <laughs> I'm about passionate knit. about a knit because it's yeah. like it's organic. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Um, and and I love the machinery and I love the engineering and um, you know, I, I feel like there's so many ways that I can challenge fashion and and I'm headed that way and I want to do big you know big things in this area. But my first approach is let me figure out how to build the world's most eco friendly and productive and innovative knit factory in the world. Okay. Now the latter two are difficult and I don't know how to measure them. They're very qualitative, but the first one I accomplished, right? We, number one, it's not just in socks. It's in, it's in all knitwear. I wanted to be able to build this thing with the most advanced materials. We hired the number one architect out of Asia to do this for us. Who, I mean, you wouldn't, you normally wouldn't touch anything like that, right? Yeah. But it's not just the eco thing. There's a basketball court. There's an art gallery. There's, you know, a library. There's, we have educational courses on personal finance, on English and all different things, right? And it's not monodirectional. I'm not imperialistic. How many people work there now? 350. Yeah. 
And now I'm doing it here, which is yeah. so exciting because that's what I've been wanting to do, right? Yeah. What I did was I, I played off of Ford and Fordism. Henry Ford was the most brilliant manufacturing mind in the history of the world. Like invented it more or less. Right? He, he, he invented a production line. Yeah, that was very, very efficient. Now he pulled off of the Germans and a bunch of other, you know, people that were very affluent, you know, or I would say very progressive in the space. But he, what he did that most people don't know is he, 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 he combined social, social scores and just a sociality, good behavior and, you know, and, and, and progressivism within uh, the workplace, which sounds anti-capitalism, but it wasn't. He was able to pay a wage that was twice what the others were paying. Yeah. Right. So all the products he was making actually became products that they could afford. Um, and, and, and what I did was I, uh, what I call it is Fordism 2.0, where we layered in the eco component. Um, I believe that design starts there with the planet. You know, and that that is a very, very, if not the most critical part of the product creation process is how are you going to leave less fingerprints on this planet so that you can sustain it over the long term? You know, and then and then you did that also with the factory in China. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. Same way. That's what I built it on. And then yeah. the holy grail for you is then ultimately having the fully recyclable knit factory where everything that comes in, is that is that the long-term goal with that? I mean, no, that's my midterm goal. It's midterm. The long-term goal is to say, fuck fashion. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> We're going to actually create products that are better for the environment, better for you, that are all made from waste. And not yeah. just like textile waste because that's yeah. very sophomoric. It's basic. Yeah. Right? We want to start with agrarian waste. We want to start with all different, we want to start with methane. We want to take methane and convert that into polyethylene. Mango Materials is doing it and, and, and doing a really fantastic job. We, we're working with Dow on something, Dow Chemical on something similar. We want to be able to take all waste and then take it into a product that's superior than the products you're purchasing now. Why would it be superior? Not only because it comes from something recycled or, or a waste stream, because the monetization model is going to be different. The monetization model is going to say, hey, you don't pay, you don't buy this product right? Essentially, you just rent it. Your entire wardrobe, 10 bucks. When it expires because of color fastness, pilling, lateral stretch, whatever it is, you send it back. We then convert it into something new. So it's this perpetuation that nobody's been able to totally solve because they don't have supply chain. Yeah. And that, that supply chain is my greatest unlock. And that's what I want to do. Now, here in LA, what we're saying is we're not going to only focus on eco and basic social. We're actually going to go from the dregs, dregs? Of, of society, people who've served time okay. and give them prospects. Why? Because it's a good thing to do, but also it's economic. They have much higher retention, 3X. Yeah. You just give them prospects and they stay. They're loyal. They're good little people. They want somebody to give them a second chance, right? So we're, we're working with CalPIA and Governor Newsom and with Yeezy on this system where we're going to bring in people from the prison system and prove out the concept that maybe these guys just needed prospects. And then again, this is the same machines that you have in China, like same just, system, just same, not net, even same just eco, just everything identical. Only although now here, although we're, what I'm trying to do is create a system, an industrial system that's fully circular for a city and create new cities, which I know sounds crazy, but it's real. And we have, different areas that we want to focus on where we create a full circular city with agrarianism or, or farms in the center. In Los Angeles? Sorry. What? No, we're in a farm? Not, where no. are we at? No, 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 no. This is going to be in the south. No, this is in the south. We have okay. this beltway between Dallas and Orlando. Okay, so this we're is... we're going to focus on first. And so look, look, we were at Future Stitch, I know. China 300,000 yeah, square oh, foot God. factory. Next thing you know, we're in LA uh, with the recently incarcerated, like uh, helping evolve some American manufacturing, yes. taking that same same concept. Now we're building cities, yes. manufacturing cities uh, 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 throughout the South that ultimately now the vision yeah. is to make basically a single cycle yeah. where it's like, make it, wear it, give it back, make yes. it, wear it it give it yes. back where instead of there being any waste whatsoever yes. every bit of anything that touches your skin yes. for the rest of your yes. life can essentially just be having a new life over and over and over again yes. rather than getting thrown yes. in and being wasteful yes yes it's a vision it's a vision yes and 50 cities 
in 50 cities. So let me, let me transition. Let me transition out of this man's like futuristic next level midterm goal that we just got into and talk about now what we did as a side project Uh, together, you know, as a side project together in the height of COVID, right? Yes. So of course now you have all these capabilities and you have your own factory, this, this entire thing. And you hit me up and you're like, let's do a brand. Let's Mm -hmm. do a brand. And and was it, what was it mainly driven by COVID had just given you like Mm -hmm. extra free time at home? Mm -hmm. Like what, what was like, what was your original Genesis of like reaching out to me about wanting to do, a sock brand. Okay. Um, I was depressed, quite frankly. Yeah. I was like struggling with mental health issues. Uh, As it related to just the lockdown and being home all the time? Uh, partially, I'm sure. But no, yeah. that wasn't the biggest facet. Basically, I built this facility, which was like two times the investment of any other facility of the same square footage, right? Because I was looking at the long-term view and I wanted to hit all these eco standards. And and then the trade war, star- trade, trade war starts. Yeah. And I'm, listen, I love American values. I'm all about America, but I, I have a globalist mindset. I believe trade is so important to linking groups together. Vested interest is what creates peace. And, and I love, I love people. I believe in people. Yeah. I want to share a story. That's a really feel good story. Can I share it real quick? Sure. Is it just, sure. uh, Go ahead. okay. So I know it's a tangent, but like I, uh, the, the, the capital requirements changed in China. They were tightening up their belt because of, you know, uh, coming into this pandemic, there were all these issues with like debt, and, uh, and companies going belly up and, uh, and my loan got taken away. Now I'd invested everything into this. I don't spend a ton of money. Okay. I keep all my money in, in my companies because I'm like, uh, you know, I, they need all that capital. If I think if I'm going to be able to achieve my goals. Right. And I had everything in there. And, um, and then I get hit with this, like $10 million is being taken away from your line of credit. Cause you're, you're not, you don't hit the, the standards anymore. Standards have changed. So I'm like trying to figure out everything. I go to Shanghai, I'm sitting down with my, my partner there. I'm like, hey, what can we do? Like, wh- where can we get money? Can we sell more equity? No, nobody's interested in like an equity uh, like ours right now, right? There's no, there's no demand. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, we'll get all the material suppliers together. Spandex, nylon, cotton, wool. I got to sit down with them. <laughs> oh, man, it's like the mafia. Get the spandex guys. <laughs> the get the mafia. wool guys. <laughs> These are specialists, you know, yeah. that are really good at the craft. I buy the best materials. And I'll sit down at a table and I'm like, I'm like, to my partner, Peter, I'm like, hey, we got to tell them we need delayed payment terms. I've never done something like this. I've always paid on time. I've always felt like you got to do what you say. You got in business, like your reputation's everything. You got to be honest. You got to be transparent. I've always been, I, I, I don't want to use absolutes. Okay? I know I falter. <laughs> I'm not for a man, but I try. Uh, 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 I try. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Stay in love. So then I got him around this table and I'm like, hey guys, I need 30 more days. Can you guys give me 30 more days? And um, it was dead silent. I'm just like, oh, I'm screwed. Factory's gone. Put tens of millions of dollars into this thing. Like it's gone. Yeah. You know? And, um, and then guys like, Taylor, you've done us right this entire time. We're working for you for seven or eight years. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the bank with the title of my factory tomorrow. And I'm going to tell them, collateralize this. And you're going to get your money. And then the other guy did the same thing. That's Every amazing. single one wow. of those people. And I'll tell you, I'll, those factories represent at least 90% of those guys' wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to collateralize that so that you can achieve this vision. That's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm tear, I'm, I get goosebumps now yeah, talking about yeah, it. Crazy. That's what entrepreneurship does. That's what business does, right? Yeah. When you're sharing these common interests, you, you break down barriers. You like become part of a family and it's the most beautiful, pure, wonderful thing on the, on, yeah. on the planet earth. Then the bank said, okay, go like you have the money back and then yeah. or now I'm up 40%. I can't buy enough machines. I have more capacity. I have less capacity than ever. In fact, I have no capacity. Crocs, Brooks, Stance. Uh, GQ acronym, like the most amazing epic brands all working together. Uh, and, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I'm here hey, now. Hey, but, but so you trying to tell me that happened, like did that happen post COVID? Did that happen before we started working on it or during? That happened right before. It did. Okay. It was already, the solve was already there. Okay. I wasn't looking at what we did together as something that was going to solve anything economically. Yeah. I was depressed. 
Yeah. And this came a few months after, you know, I had those, those issues. It was already solved, but I was depressed because, because of COVID, because of a lot of external pressure, because of demand at that point being really low, feeling like my big vision was falling apart. Right. Yeah. Which I've had three or four of these in my life that are quite, you know, terrifying. Yeah. Um, luckily, thank, thank God, I have an ama- amazing wife uh, that, that helped me through this sort of stuff, man. <laughs> we both have really great wives. Man. It's true. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And they both don't like to dance and we love to dance. We love to dance, you know dude. And I mean? you're a great dancer. Look, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to tell you again, I respect your dance skills. Thanks, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish we could show a video of us dancing together with Can't our wives sitting point? on the sidelines, like looking annoyed <laughs> at how hard we're going with no one on the dance floor. <laughs> and then you throw in a little Scotty Ollie. You know, yeah, the chairman, look, I mean, I mean he, at 60 years old, he's who, he's who I want to become. He's a V-boy. You know I mean? it's he's just fantastic. Like you, I want to be 60 years old on the dance floor. Someone being like, look at Rob go, man. He's he got a be. spirit about him. Be. He's got a spirit about him. He will be. Yeah. Okay. So you call me. So I call him like, Hey, I want to do something different. I want to, I want to create a, a brand that's all about like having fun about gifting and like booing people. Right. Yeah. And like making them feel special. Right. With all these lockdowns and stuff happening, you know, and people just feeling despondent. Like, let's go out and create something that's going to elevate people. Yeah. I I would also say at at that point you were like fun comedy laugh make people laugh how do we how do we put, i needed it yeah like you were like you were leading with memes right yeah. like and 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 for me now here's this opportunity to do a company with you and and i and i just if you if everyone listening would understand that how hardcore and gnarly taylor is and to be able to like do a company with him uh is the dream come true oh, that's right not true. and and so i'm like i want to capitalize on this opportunity i i want to have like hey this will be a fun thing to do and i'm at just shoot like light speed right now it's just like it's one call what about this what's gonna be it's gotta make people laugh we gotta make people it's gonna be like it's like all right all right, we're going, we're going. And then, then it was like, like, you know, you did like an entire data research on this entire thing. And then you, you sent me all the names and then it was like, it was like Busaki. And we're like, oh, that one, that one hits really hard. And then, but is that the right way to like do it now? Cause like, to me, my process is out the door. I'm not doing any. Now I did a sock immersion in the past when I looked at it and then, and the sock space is so flooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because the, the reality of it is a stance made the market, but the market was undefendable. Mm-hmm. Right. And then really at the end of the day, everybody started making socks. And then instead of the sock market got even larger, mm-hmm. but stance didn't get to own that market mm-hmm. because it, now it became the sock became content and right. who could create the, the, the right Context for, content for the right consumer allowed people to build all these massive businesses, Bombas and, yep. you know, all, all these other different ones that came along. So I knew even, even like knowing that that was, Hey, it's, it's still going to be tough to try to like make a move on this, this market. And then I was like, try and you were like memes, memes, memes. And like, you really understood the power and the virality of memes and how sticky they were and social mm. and what it actually yeah. meant. But I knew that you couldn't own it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you couldn't just be putting mm-hmm. people's memes on con like using it, like you're good. They're going to come after you. And it was like at the height of tiger king mm-hmm. and and you hired the artist to do that first sample yeah. that was like like you know the whole squad and it was like man this is it this is it this is original art yeah. and like it caps on it and and you know and keep in mind this is you going 100 miles an hour you know and then it went, went one night we had a like literally like a two-hour debate on whether to lead with busaki or whether to uh have a parent company name that was that was more connected because we you kept saying i love unstitched i love unstitched and i was like okay like like i was so confused like unstitched you know because i i loved like the the fact of like that it was like content it's this new platform that's Mm -hmm. content and then and i didn't understand unstitched and you're like you know like in stitches when you're when you're laughing and you're in stitches and i'm like what well then why don't why isn't it just called in stitches and then like what then we look like and then like okay no you could actually just get in stitches like nobody owns it whatsoever then that double entendre of like making you laugh and it is this like content platform that mm-hmm. is in this knit mm-hmm. uh stitch sock Premium like knit. yeah like it it to me is like I, you know 
it's when it just like really came alive of, and again, I'm at your speed going a hundred miles. And I mean, it's like no sooner did like, okay. And stitch, like, then I get like 50 logos and like, you know, and then it's like, here's the pack, you know, then the cellophane packaging is in like, it's a level of execution because, you know, I, I'm, you know, just did a podcast with John Buscemi and about our Lusso process. And we took our first meeting in July of 2018 and, uh, the footwear brand came to market in, at nearly December of 2020, mm-hmm. right? Two and a half years. Yep. Okay. We talked in like <laughs> January. And it, look, was it was like bang. February and it was out <laughs> in right. May. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was like, yeah. like no suit. I, I, it's a testament to like, you're not a low, low IQ average <laughs> entrepreneur. You are like a, a, a very rare, small percentage mm-hmm. of entrepreneur, uh, to even be able to execute something like that in Thank that you. time. Thank oh, you. But, oh. but, 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 but yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, but, right. But, 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 again, but, 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 but the, the reality of it is, is if you want to take a shot and do it fast and learn fast, mm-hmm. you, you don't know till you get in the market. Mm-hmm. Now, now our we like the process of fail as much as you can in the development mm-hmm. and make as much shaping and pivoting before you get to market and start burning money. Mm-hmm. But it's it's different when you kind of have um, – like already you're, you are the factory and mm-hmm. like you can mobilize and push these things so much quicker. You have sort of shared resources in your existing company that allowed you to move it along, yep. but it's still the reality of going to market, like assuming like, okay, all, all this stuff is going to hit and work and begin to build. Right. But getting there and realizing like it's still this highly competitive world yep. of socks, Yep, you know? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think it made a lot of sense, right? Memes were driving tons of search. And there weren't really any fashion brands that had, that had entered that space. Yeah, I mean, slightly. Gucci was pulling from it and doing really well with it. Yeah. I mean, you seen like a, a tweet from Elon about a meme and it would get like, you know, 100,000 shares. And then yeah. he would like post on like the most amazing like Tesla Cybertruck and you get like 50,000. You're like, whoa, yeah. society's yeah. messed up. <laughs> but it's amazing. We need yeah. humor. We need to feel like we're part of this community yeah. of fun, acceptance, you know? And uh, and so I wanted to, you know, be a part of that. We both wanted to be a part of that. And we developed a business that was doing 10, 20, $30,000 a month pretty quick, which yeah. is great. But yeah. that's not sort of our benchmark, Yeah. right? Now, part of that is channel fit. Like selling socks through Instagram online, that's tough. No matter if you have a hundred thousand followers, yeah, or not. But the truth is, you you put the, you instantly put together an amazing team, right? And Great even team. even getting that many followers for just a brand is just a, is a testament to the quality of content and the way that the marketing was being put together. But it it didn't convert sales like the way that we would have expected. Right. And I think even your, your vision the whole way was gifting and gifting the saucer gift. And even like the boo somebody mm-hmm. like, like, you know, like, like send it to somebody and surprise mm-hmm. them became the Genesis for the concept of the sock card. Mm-hmm. Where did the sock card come from? All right. Listen. Yeah. So, Hallmark, American Greetings, yeah, Love Pop, yeah, right. They're like these paper-focused product companies that represent ten billion dollars in product sales every year. That market continues to get smaller and smaller and smaller. It's an archaic market, sure. right? Very little innovation. Just like new content, not new ways of gifting, not exploring new facets of what you know, drives a person to gift something to their friends. And, and if you look at it, it's like, it's actually become kind of sad. And yeah. I think we, we, we started thinking about like, okay, this product that we have, it's the most giftable apparel product on the planet. I mean, Stan does like 30 some percent of the revenue just in December, right? Socks are the most yeah. gifted yeah. apparel product out what, there. That's where it came from. Mm-hmm. That's where you like when, when having that insight to like, like that there is a big gift aspect of it and having that huge December sale, mm-hmm. that, that was like the genesis of like really what led to like booing and the gifting opportunity. Yeah. But I think it was that gift, 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 
gift talk, gift talk, gift talk, gift talk. Yes. Eventually somewhere transitioned into like card. Yes. Right. Yes. What we're thinking about, I mean, I think convenience is the most powerful weapon in an entrepreneur's quiver, armory, whatever. Okay. So that convenience wins, wins all the time. That's Amazon's business model, convenience. Can you create something that's really fun, exciting, and convenient in the gift market that's never been created before, right? That's a hard one. The gift market is uh, half a trillion dollars a year. Cards, 20 billion. Socks, 45 billion. We're looking at this intersection like there has to be value there. Let's merge the things because we have this like engine, this unfair competitive advantage with this factory that can respond to market in a day, right? Let's try to create topical content that'll work and let's turn this industry on its archaic head. Yeah. Let's create something that is truly unique in the space, drive retail sales on a, on a, on a square foot basis to all the big mass merchants, bring premium art, quality product to the Walgreens and the CVSs uh, and the targets of the world, right? That we, th- we think that this is a huge opportunity uh, for us. We think it's going to save people time. We think it's more meaningful. A card you throw away. And why? And why? And why? Why do people spend $15 on a, on a card that plays a song yeah. that they're going to th- throw away? And like, now it's a that's card for that's the also a gift. Yes, and right? it stays in their wardrobe. And every time they open up their sock drawer, they're going to see this fun, cute sock that their friend gifted them. Right. It's a great, I mean, it's a memento. Look, so it developed and, and, and came, I don't like it, the genesis of it where it's all of a sudden the sock card, it's like, what, what it also is, is white space. Mm, that's right. right. It, exactly. It's like, it's so, so we went like running and gunning and pushing out, let's get something together. And like, but the moment it becomes the sock card, it has never been done. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, so, but we don't have any experience um, in uh, the card game, mm-hmm. right? And right. so for us, like, you know, and, it, and it's by fate. Then it's also like, you know, is there any new players in the card mm-hmm. game, right? It was asking all these questions and all that. And while we're in a, a meeting, mm-hmm. a, a Zoom meeting, uh, our biweekly Zoom meeting, I, 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 the sun's reflecting and hitting me in the face off of this reflective sheen of a giant Mickey Mouse card. Yeah. And I look down and I'm like, oh, what is like this? I forgot I got this card for my wife and didn't give it to her. And it was called Love Pop. And it's like basically a card that you open it and then pull it open as a giant vase of Mickey Mouse flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and I'm like, I'm like, look at this. Like, so we got this Love Pop. Like, like, so then I looked it up and like, lo and behold, it's venture backed, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, wow. Okay. Here's an example of somebody that did innovation in the space. And to, and so one of the best things when you're looking and validating an idea is, is looking at similar ideas that are getting traction in venture, especially if you want to do it in venture and to understand it and, and, and learn from them. Right. So then we find out like, wow, they've raised some real money. Then we went out and found some people that had consulted for them and worked with right. them so that you could actually connect with yes. them. And again, it's, it's that, that like, okay, now we're going into white space. Oh, now by, by fate, mm-hmm. we found another card company that actually is now in the venture side of it. Then getting the learning from somebody that's actually in the space to understand how much success they had, where they found success, yep. Yep. just validated how much so opportunity much yes. that's actually in this card as itself, right? right? And making a giftable card, the gift that keeps on giving and what it is, right. we finally made it. We did. We finally made it. Is it a gift? Is it a card? It's both. It's both. Look, and it's like, this one kills it. Like, all them flavors, and you're still salty. It's, this one makes me laugh so hard. And look, and I, I now know that this thing is going to go and explode. And it's two guys that are principled on white space, mm-hmm. principled on all these sort of brand development things that overlooked our greatest success has been found in white space. Mm-hmm. Yet we we pushed past it for speed to market right. because we just wanted to to bring it alive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, hey, let's just get it going and then we'll we'll kind of find it. And this truly 
man, from the first time you showed me the sample to where I just got all of them, you know what I mean? And I'm sending them to all these people that DM'd me right now, yeah, all their sick. birthdays, yeah. all their birthdays in June. But when I have it, when I hold it, when I look at it, it makes me happy because I know we have now created something special that is going to be very big and make a huge dent That's right. in, in an industry that, in fact, hasn't been disrupted and nobody's even tried to do anything to combine it at this level, Yep, which is way more exciting and thrilling. Almost as similar and exciting as thrilling as seeing that old Tiger King sock, you know, for the first time. But to me now, now it is poised to go become a real, real big business. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I think that um, the hope here is that this is something that's going to spread good vibes, make people smile, happy, save time, um, and be able to increase retailers. Uh, sales per square foot. I think it, it works in all facets. So yeah. uh, I'm excited about it. And, and you know what? And to work with you as a, as a partner has been really, really fun. Um, I think you provide an insight beyond the comedy and assessing the content, right? But when it comes to actually building the business and then waving the flag and helping cr- you know create awareness, it's been yeah. a, a really magical experience. So, I mean, from my side, like you know, I appreciate what you're saying, you know, about you know being involved with me as a partner. I feel the 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 exact same, which which is uh, which is interesting because it kind of flies in the face a little bit of, uh, of the whole friend thing I talked about. Yeah, uh, early true. on, that's right? It's, it's to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, one of the Fs. That's what I mean. Like, it, no, it's almost the opposite. Where it was like, man, we're pretty close friends. Like, do like we don't want to like like bum each. And the whole you were real sensitive to like disappointing me or like I being bad am, to our man. friendship the whole time. And I keep telling you, man, I'm putting six hundred thousand so <laughs> far. I just keep. But I'm like, we're gonna make it. It's gonna do it. <laughs> I can't let Rob down. Yeah, look, and I really, really, really do appreciate. Uh, that aspect but it has been a lot of fun and it it is a complete honor and of course um i would like to present to you wow uh because you are a true real deal as real as they get do or die or born do or die you know what i mean so it is only right wow that we present you with your beautiful gold action figure showcasing who you really are a true i actually did push-ups right beforehand so that my pecs would actually pop those pecs are strong good man that looks amazing but hey taylor excellent i appreciate you i appreciate Um, you thank you it was insightful it was interesting and it is clearly you are on a whole different level than any other average entrepreneur and that is an absolute fact but I look forward to to seeing this sock card blow doors. I look forward to seeing what you do with all the manufacturing. I look forward yeah. to being a part of it. I look forward to doing more companies together. Me in the too, future. man. Me too. Thank you. I look forward to travel. I look forward to racing cars. I look forward to changing the world, man, together. I, I hope to be there. You will be. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Love you. All right. That is it for our show today. Make sure to follow Build With Rob wherever you listen to the podcast. Subscribe at YouTube backslash Deer Deck Machine. If you want to be part of our growing community of machinists, head over to DeerDeckMachine.com and join the consumer collaborators that are really helping us evolve all of our product concepts. Of course, if you have an amazing idea and want to be integrated into this show, head over to DeerDeckMachine.com and pitch are you a do or die to us? Um, but again, you know, in order to get on this show, you, you got to have a vision. Uh, you got to do the work to believe it's possible. Then you got to put in the effort. You always got to see it, believe it, and do it. Until next time, I'm Rob Deerdeck.